What's up, guys, and welcome to another edition of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, as always, Jonathan Terry. I'm joined here by my good friend, Trey Geddes. Hey, guys, what's up? Pleasure to be on the show. So, uh, some exciting news for the podcast. We are now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So, wherever you stream podcasts, you should be uh, easily able to locate the podcast. So, let's go ahead and, and jump right into it. So, First things first, uh, Trey, I kind of want to get your analysis on the wildcard games and who you were kind of surprised to see win and what, what what wasn't really much of a surprise to you. All right, so honestly, the, the most surprising thing to me was the Cowboys winning. I really didn't have any faith in them whatsoever. I thought the Seahawks would take that one, but they really surprised me and they played a great game. And also, the Eagles pulling off that game against the Bears – definitely sort of came out of the blue i mean i figured it would be a close game but i didn't think the eagles would actually be able to pull it off i was pretty impressed with them coming back with nick Foles as a backup and being able to win that game that was impressive and then the other two games pretty much went right about as i figured they would for those of you keeping track at home i went two for two so i picked the colts right and the chargers right but in the nfc it was a little bit tougher uh i came a cody parkey field goal away from being right there and probably some some decent play calling from the Seahawks into going 4-0. But, you know, it's okay. New week, new me. It's all good. So, um, tell me, Trey, out of the four teams that won this weekend, uh, who would you be most or least surprised to see in the Super Bowl? I would probably have to go with the Chargers. I think they're the most complete team out of the four that won on Wild Card Weekend. But I do think the Colts have a chance as well. Because both of them are solid on defense, they've got great running games, and their quarterbacks are winners. They both compete at a high level. But I think out of the NFC, neither of those two teams will go anywhere. I think this this was their one win. They're done this week in my mind. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of faith in either of the <laughs> NFC teams either. So I wouldn't be shocked if the one and two seeds both win the NFC. But yeah, that kind of leads us into this week's playoff round. So for those of you who don't know, Trey is actually a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And for those of you who don't know, I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan. I went to the game, the Colts and Texans game last weekend, and right when the game ended, I got a text from Trey saying, you know, good luck next week. So I figured it'd be fun to have him come on the show, and we can kind of mainly debate on uh, his Chiefs and my Colts and then give a little more of our analysis and picks for the rest of the divisional playoffs. Yeah, I, I did like that you mentioned the Colts having a good chance to go to the Super Bowl. But I just want to give, I want you to give me your thoughts on, um, obviously the Chiefs are favored by, I think, five, five and a half points. But I just want you to give me your thoughts on why the Chiefs will beat the beat the Colts. All right, so I got three reasons why the Chiefs are going to beat the Colts. First off, whenever you got a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes that puts up 50 touchdowns and over 5,000 yards in a season, you got a chance to win any game anywhere. You always got a ball with him. You never know when he's going to go off, and he could easily go out there and throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. But then again, you never know. So my second reason would be our defense last week, or the week before, week 17, we played against the the Raiders, which obviously they're not that good of a team. But our defense held them to three points, which is our best performance on defense the whole year by far, not even close. So I think coming into this playoff game, we're sort of catching our stride on defense, and maybe we can carry that over and play good against the Colts. And then the final reason that I got is Arrowhead Stadium. I know we're 0-6 in the last six home games in the playoffs at Arrowhead Stadium, but 
If I was the Colts, I would not want to play there. That stadium is raucous all the time, loudest stadium in the world. And we've been seven and one this year with one loss coming to the to the Chargers on a last second two point conversion. So I take my chances at Arrowhead all day long with the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, there's no question that playing in Arrowhead will be a challenge for the Colts, but they definitely defied a couple of analysts' expectations and you know, beat the Texans last week. But they, they did it in a different way that I don't think many people expected. So uh, Marlon Mack last week rushed for a Colts record 148 yards. And the Colts are most known, especially this season, for their play of Andrew Luck, which has been excellent. But I think the biggest thing that we have going for us is the run, the ability to mix it up and get big gains with Marlon Mack. Andrew Luck ran the ball a couple of times. But I think being able to establish the run game is going to give us a big advantage over the Chiefs this weekend. Uh, we, re- we rushed for 200 total yards, which isn't easy to do playing any team. But considering the, the Chiefs' weaker defense than most, they have a really good chance to do it. And I think one of the biggest reasons why I think the Colts can win and hopefully will win this week is because of their uh, balance. So they rank uh, top 15 or better in almost every major category. Uh, and everyone knows in the playoffs, your weaknesses are exposed. You've played teams for 16 games, and those weaknesses come out and show very easily. And the coaches should be able to, at this level in the playoffs, dissect a team and be able to play to the other team's weaknesses, which will turn into their strengths. Uh, so I like the Colts this week just because of their ability to be decent on every every end and having a quarterback like Andrew Luck who has struggled in the postseason you know will help but he's he's uh, he's with a whole new team it's totally different compared to uh, 2012 2013 Andrew Luck compared to now he's got an offensive line he's got a strong front seven for sure questionable secondary but he's got a, a defense behind him and he's got uh, a reliable running game reliable offensive line and uh, his receivers aren't too bad either so Let's go ahead and, and uh, move over to the other AFC game, Chargers and Patriots. Who do you, who do you have in this game, Trey? I got the Patriots pulling out a, a squeaker, 27-24, but obviously this game's just a toss-up. You don't know because the Chargers are obviously the better team in my mind, but Foxborough with a week of preparation for Bill, Belichick and Tom Brady, you never know. Those guys are so good. There's a reason they win that division every single year and most of the time go to the Super Bowl. So I got to roll with the Patriots but I think it's going to be a great game all the way through. How about you? I'm going to have to go on the other end with this one with you as well. Uh, I, I hate uh, going against the Patriots because it always seems like every year you think, oh, they're done, uh, they're over, the, you know, the Patriots' reign is coming to an end, but every year they kind of pull it out. But I agree with what you said earlier. The Chargers are probably the most complete team in the AFC, and they have success on the road. I touched on it last week. Um, they have some big wins coming on the road. Uh, one against your Chiefs. They've beaten the Seahawks. They've been able to get it done against teams on the road, and even you know last week's win against the Ravens. And they were able to do that by getting to the quarterback last week, especially against Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson. So I think if they're able to apply pressure on Tom Brady, force him to run the ball, force him to pass, I think I think it's going to be close. But I think Philip Rivers will finally be able to shake his inability to perform, and he'll come out in a big way. All right, now switching over. I think we we both kind of have a similar outlook on the NFC. Go ahead and give me your Saints and Eagles prediction. All right. For the Saints and Eagles, obviously the Saints are the better team, and they're at home at the Superdome, which most people are thinking this is an easy win. 
But for some reason, I feel like the Eagles are going to hang around in this game just like last week. I feel like it's going to be really tight at the end, but I do think the Saints pull it out. I'm going 28-23 Saints, but I wouldn't count the Eagles out. I would definitely say this is a game on Sunday that you don't want to miss because I think it's going to be close in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree. They kind of did prove me wrong. Much like the Patriots, you really can't count Nick Foles out as of late. Uh, he seemed to be able to pull it out in a games that he, he needs to win. He gets it done when he has to. But, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you and go with the Saints. I don't think there's there's many teams in the league that are going to be able to beat them at home, and I don't think the Eagles are one of them. But the biggest reason is because they have a great offense and a great defense, but neither one was good at the same time, which is weird. The first half of the season, it seemed like the offense was on fire. Drew Brees was, was looking like an MVP candidate. And then after, I think, the Cowboys game, it just kind of fizzled out. But then that's when the defense showed up. So I think they're primed to peak at the right time. And Sean Payton's a great motivator. I don't know if you heard um, about what he did a couple days ago. He, he pulled out the Lombardi Trophy and uh, threw $225,000 uh, of cash, which is the Super Bowl bonus for the teams that win, and said, you want this? Win three games. And obviously I'm paraphrasing here because we want to keep it G um, on this podcast. But I think that... With a mix of that great offense, great defense, and Sean Payton. The Eagles, I agree, the Eagles will hang around, but I don't see the Eagles being able to beat the Saints in the Superdome. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Cowboys and Rams, who do you have in this one? I got the Rams, but I do have questions with the Rams. Last year in the playoffs, they played against the Falcons at home, and I thought they were the better team by no doubt in that game, and they still lost. So I got questions about Sean McVay. I don't know if he's going to be able to lead them to a victory this week, but I'm going with them because I don't think the Cowboys are going to be able to score enough points. I just think that's going to be the biggest problem. I think that the Rams' offense gets just enough, and they win 22-16. to 16. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there on uh, multiple fronts. I think that the Cowboys did benefit with a couple pass interference calls late, but I will say that that 3rd and 14 run by Dak was kind of that's, that was something else. It kind of shows you he has that edge and he can make those plays, not necessarily in the air, but you know on the ground too. I, I agree with you as well. The Rams did suffer a tough loss against the Falcons last year at home, and Jared Goff's been struggling. But that's not reason enough for me to suddenly jump on the Cowboys bandwagon and think that they're going to pull one out. I think that the Rams have a solid enough defense with Aaron, Aaron Donald. They've got a good ground game with... Todd Gurley, and now C.J. Anderson, who kind of came out of nowhere. And I think they'll be able to pull this one out. Maybe, I want to say, 27-17. Yeah, so those are our picks for the weekend. Make sure to uh, follow the games, see how well we did. Hopefully I can recover from a 500 record. There's been a couple uh, names in the news this week and last week, trade rumors. Um, And one of those is Antonio Brown. For those of you who don't know, Antonio Brown had kind of a tiff, I don't know what you want to call it, with... Ben Roethlisberger, week 17, he threw a football at him in anger and then missed all these meetings and expected to play week 17, but Mike Tomlin's like, no, are you joking? You're not going to play. You can't act like that and miss meetings and play. And there have been multiple reports that the Steelers are going to move on from the all-pro wide receiver. So, Trey, I want you to tell me, where do you think Antonio Brown ends up by the start of next season? Well, I think, obviously, any team that has a smart GM wants to get him, but where can he actually fit? That's the real question. And I don't know if the Steelers are actually going to move him because I feel like that would be really dumb to trade him away. Obviously, they could get some good pieces back, but when you have Juju and you got Antonio Brown on the same team, I would just keep him there because no defense can guard that. 
But let's say he does get traded. I would say that the best fit for him is probably the 49ers. I feel like if they get him alongside with Kittle and then they get Jimmy G back next year, that could be an offense to reckon with right there. That team will be really good if they can get Antonio Brown. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And they've got also Dante Pettis as well lined up there. I don't see many many air attacks better than the 49ers if they're able to get Antonio Brown. I think you kind of have to look at it from an angle of not only where would he fit, but what teams, what, what kind of team has the assets to make that trade. Uh, so going along with that, I think the Jets might also be a good fit. They've got the cap space to absorb his his salary, um, and they've, they've got a bunch of young stars, but they don't really have a true number one. Um, and I think that you know, they're, they're able to, if they, if they get Antonio Brown, it's able to help their wide receivers like Quincy Inunua and Robbie Anderson really shine and especially help Sam Darnold because he showed flashes of being a, a solid NFL quarterback, but having a receiver like Antonio Brown would certainly help boost his, his confidence in himself. But if you, you are the Steelers GM, uh, what are you willing to take? What's your, what's your minimum that you're willing to take for a receiver like Antonio Brown? Oh man, I think I'd have to get probably at least one first round pick and then two second rounders. I, I'm I'm highballing this one. I mean, I'm not giving up Antonio Brown without getting some treasure back because that's a once in a lifetime type player right there. So I'm definitely gonna have to have at least one first round pick and probably another two second round picks right after that. Because if you trade somebody like that, your team's gonna drop a lot. That's that's the face of their franchise right there. So. You gotta, you gotta ask for a lot if you are really willing to trade him away. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think that they're they're gonna need to, to you know, teams are gonna have to bring the house with them uh, if they want to be able to get Antonio Brown. the The other thing I was thinking about recently is, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is getting older. They haven't really had success in developing quarterbacks. It seems it it's questionable at best as to you know they have Josh Dobbs, Mason Rudolph, but none of those guys really seem confident to to lead the team when Roethlisberger's gone because he's going to start declining soon. His style is mainly uh, playing the big physical guy he is and, you know, being able to launch the ball down the field, but that's not going to last forever. So if you're the Steelers GM, do you uh, potentially think about bringing in maybe a a quarterback in the Antonio Brown trade as well as picks? Yeah, I definitely think that would be a good option. I mean, this year the draft seems to be pretty low in quarterbacks, so... I think maybe you maybe you would save your your uh, pick that you're getting in the trade for next year or the year after to where you could pick up a Trevor Lawrence or something like that from Clemson because that dude looks like he's going to be a stud in the NFL. So if you you have any chance of picking up a first round pick that you know is going to be very very high in that draft, I would do it. And then there's a couple teams out there that have some good backup quarterbacks. Like maybe they could possibly trade with the Eagles and get a Nick Foles. I don't know. I mean, I think looking into any of those options would be good for the Steelers because Big Ben's definitely about done, I think. So speaking of quarterbacks, there are two quarterbacks who are also added into uh, trade rumors. So one of uh, one of them being Nick Foles, which you mentioned before. And I think that the way he performed and the way he was able to show up in the big games is certainly going to help his trade value. The Eagles were lucky they didn't find any trade suitors last year because they definitely needed him for this run in order to make the playoffs. So what team do you think is uh, most primed to make a trade for Nick Foles? I think the best fit for Foles would probably be the Jacksonville Jaguars at this point because the Jaguars have a a stud-loaded defense. I mean, you get a good quarterback on that team that can just get 20 points a game. That's it. I think the Jaguars are at the top of the AFC. That defense is loaded. 
That being said, there's also another team that comes to mind. The New York Giants also have an old Eli Manning, and I think if you could get a Nick Foles on that team, they could be really good. They got Saquon Barkley at running back. They've got some great wide receivers. Obviously, they got Odell Beckham Jr. there. So if you can get a quarterback that has any juice in his arm left, I think that team could be a very good team for a long time to come. The Giants definitely started to perform well uh, later in the season when Eli Manning started to pick it up. And honestly, at this point, it seems like Odell would be a great option at quarterback with all the with all the dimes <laughs> he's been able to throw this year. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think that he could definitely benefit from uh, the Giants. He could definitely benefit from the Jaguars. Another team, or a few teams that uh, just kind of came to mind when I was thinking about it, what about the Patriots? I know that it didn't end well with Jimmy Garoppolo as far as Belichick was concerned. He wanted to kind of groom him as a quarterback of the future. And then obviously they traded away Jacoby Brissett to the Colts. But what if they had a, a Nick Foles who still got a couple years left and that kind of buys him time? Maybe he's not their franchise face, but he gives him a couple more years in the event that Tom Brady does start to decline. Another team uh, to think about is the Redskins. You know, obviously, like you mentioned before, the draft class is pretty low. And with injuries to Alex Smith and Colt McCoy, you can't honestly think that Josh Johnson is the long-term option for next year to, to move on from that. Another team is the Broncos. I think Case Keenum is largely disappointed uh, them this year, considering how well he played with the Vikings. And they could use, they could use another guy like that. Another quarterback that was mentioned, uh, Joe Flacco. So it seems as if Lamar Jackson has kind of taken taken over at quarterback. Actually, before we before we jump into that, I want to get your thoughts. I know that Lamar Jackson struggled, but he kind of caught a break halfway through the fourth quarter. What what are your thoughts on the Ravens sticking with Lamar Jackson and not going to Joe Flacco, who's been proven to be um, a weapon in the playoffs? He's been he's had a lot of success. Do you think that they should have moved Jackson to the bench at halftime? Well, obviously, Jackson got him to the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. But I watched the first half of that game, and there was nothing going for him. Even the run game was bad, and that's all that he can do. He can't really throw the ball. So if I was the Ravens coach, I would probably have done what Nick Saban did in the national championship last year, which is swap my quarterbacks to a better thrower. Because when you're down at halftime, you can't just run the ball the whole second half and expect to have a great comeback. you got to bring in your experienced guy, Joe Flacco, the gunslinger on your team that has an opportunity to bring you back from a big deficit. I believe they were down 12-0 at half. I don't think that a running quarterback is going to bring you back from down there. But obviously he did play good in the second half. He he gave them a chance there at the end. They had a possession to win it, but just couldn't pull through. But yeah, I definitely would have gone with Joe Flacco in the second half if it was up to me. Yeah, that was kind of the thing that uh, worried me is that Lamar Jackson never really seemed to play from behind. He seemed to be able to rely on the run game to get up a big lead and then just kind of coast to the victory. And so it was kind of interesting to see what he did in the face of adversity. Uh, But yeah, now that they've kind of decided that Lamar Jackson's the future, are there there different teams that you think look for uh, Joe Flacco or is is he just going to be released and and hopefully uh, back someone up somewhere? I think the Broncos could be a good option for him, but... Joe Flacco's, I mean, there's not a whole lot of a future with him. I feel like he's gone through his prime pretty much, and he could be a solid backup for a team, but I don't know if I would be willing to to, to trade anything big for him because, honestly, he's sort of slowed down the last couple seasons. He hasn't been getting good stats. He hasn't been winning ballgames. So maybe if I'm a team that's got a young quarterback, that like maybe the Jets, I, I bring in Flacco and I have a mentor for my guy, but I don't know. I don't think I would put him as a starter. Yeah, no, I have to agree with you there. I think teams like the the Bills or the 
Cardinals or the you know even the Broncos they they could use uh, him you know maybe mentor their quarterbacks and uh, fill in when needed. Going off this talking about quarterbacks, you mentioned that the draft class uh, was pretty low. Who do you think is the first team to take a quarterback? Obviously, the um, new Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury said that he wanted he would take Kyler Murray, and well, uh, he's got the number one pick, and rumors are that he Kyler Murray is going to be declaring for the draft. So, who do you think is the first team? to select a quarterback, and who do you think that is? If it's not the Cardinals, I honestly have no idea who would pick a quarterback because there's not too many other guys other than Kyler Murray on the on the block that are very good quarterbacks, and I don't know. If I was a team that was that had a really high draft pick, I would probably just stick with a guy that you know is going to be a stud in the league and not take a risk on a quarterback like Kyler Murray that really hasn't proven that he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. We've only seen one year of college. I know he won the Heisman. But we've only seen one year, so I don't know. Yeah, I think that especially this year, if I'm if I'm a GM, I kind of wait because you've got Jake Fromm, you've got Trevor Lawrence, you've got Tua Tagovailoa, you've got all these quarterbacks that have been hyped up, being able to make a difference their freshman year that are going to be eventually coming into the draft. I don't think you, you make a move. I don't think now is the time. I think another one of the almost NFL-ready quarterbacks is Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. But I don't think that, you know, this is the year that you get a quarterback. I think you kind of bolster your team and hopefully regroup and hope that the quarterback falls in your lap. All right, so uh, before we head out of here, I just want to get your Super Bowl picks. Uh, who do you think is going to end up in the Super Bowl, and who do you think is going to win? Well, obviously i got to rock with the Chiefs because I'm a huge fan. So i got the Chiefs coming out of the AFC, and out of the NFC i got the Saints, and i got the Chiefs winning 34-31 in the Super Bowl. We, we agree on one point. I think the Saints are, are, are going to make it. And it's honestly so hard to tell at the AFC. Like, the NFC is just an easy bet. You say, oh, the Saints. They're playing at home every game. They've got an experienced team. They've got weapons all over the field on every, every side of the ball. But then the AFC, you've got the Chiefs, who are obviously a high-powered offense. But they have a very weak defense. And they are notably uh, don't show up in the playoffs uh, with a young quarterback. Uh, they, you've got the Patriots, who are uh, extremely talented at coaching. Not necessarily with the players, but you never want to count them out when it comes to the playoffs. They always seem to find a way. You've got the Chargers, who are the most complete team, but yet they're going on the road playing in Foxborough. And, you know, Phillip Rivers has never beaten Tom Brady, so you never know. Uh, which leads me to my Colts. Uh, like I said, they're, they're balanced on most sides of the ball. I don't see why they, don't, why, why they can't make a run. I think that most people, they've got the element of surprise with them, and they're able to show up on, on both sides of the ball and do it decently. I'm going to have to roll with the uh, Colts-Saints rematch, 2009 Super Bowl. They might as well go all the way. I think the Colts, I think the Colts pull it out, uh, maybe 28-24, something like that. Keep it close. That's, there's a little bit of bias, but, you know, why not? I think I've got the stats to back it up, so why not take a chance? Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Trey, for being with us and sharing a little analysis. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Anytime. Uh, don't forget, you can find the podcast on Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcast, and Messy FM, the streaming side I use. But yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys.